vie, le jour de gloire est arrivé. Contre nous de la tyrannie, l'étendard sanglant élevé, l'étendard sanglant élevé. I was swimming in my buddies last night. You didn't know I was in a quartet? Well, what? Can I go now? to the stages podcast talking about stage 13 from saint jerome to foie and i know what everybody's thinking everybody uh at this point is going why don't we have more short intense days Mm -hmm. like that that was we saw some action and we saw not only did we see some action but you just kicked off this podcast with uh oh i had to know the name of that song Anyways, like there, it's like the French national anthem mm-hmm. on Bastille. It's Day. a big day. A big day. You had a young kid, Warren Barguil, win from France, win on Bastille Day into Foix. Interesting thing is he's on a German team. So while all of the country is celebrating that a Frenchman won, there are no French teams celebrating that they won. I find that interesting. 25 years old, six feet tall and 130 pounds. We were talking about it before we went live. How about that? <laughs> That was almost me in high school, believe it or not. And the other thing, and, and I, 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 I <laughs> yeah, I, uh, for those of you all who have been watching, this is, this is the same rider who two or three days ago, I should know, narrowly lost in the sprint finish to Rigoberto Uran, the Colombian, thought he had won, celebrated in a sense. And then the photo finish came out, and he lost by half a tire. It was a big heartbreaker yeah, and so redeemed himself. Total today. redemption and yeah. redeemed on, on Bastille Day. And Good for him. You've said it again and again. And, and those, wearing my favorite jersey. Yeah, and those that follow the tour closely, you know, just a stage win can make a career, especially if you're a Frenchman, right? Uh, I think it's safe to say that, it, that winning – well, you, no matter where, you, if, if you're a professional cyclist and, and this is this is your Super Bowl, just winning one stage. Mm-hmm. If you raced for ten years and you didn't win anything, and then all of a sudden in year ten and you got in a long breakaway and you won, you can call your career a success. It's that big of a deal. Yeah. So well, let me give you a gift to set the tone. Okay. All right. I picked up. I got something for you. Oh boy. Because we were talking about Contador early in the stage, and we found out a little insider thing about him from our uh, good friend Taylor Finney, something that he's doing on his descents on the mountains. So I got you a little treat. Oh, my God. You got me a pink whistle? A Contador pink whistle so that you, can, you too can warn people when you're coming down the mountain and want to get to your hotel. This is, I mean, I get a lot of gifts. This is, <laughs> all I can say about this, because all these shelves, you know, this has been especially in, in you know, a lot of details gone into curating these shelves. This is going on the shelf. Is that right? Yeah. This is <laughs> JB. You shouldn't have. I'll put her next to the uh, F-bomb. Right by the F-bomb. God, you know? God bless Amazon Prime. Oh, my God. 
Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, all hey, right. but but all joking aside, uh, and speaking of the Pink Whistle, Contador was a was you know he he was the one who opened up this bike race, and, and I don't think that should come as a surprise. Uh, to anybody he knows his chances for overall mm -hmm. victory are done he needs a stage win he's, he's going he's, to go for a stage he's publicly win. said that he now has to try to win a stage mm -hmm. um but he animated the race and, and that didn't surprise me at all what happened after that did surprise me and 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 i think on the heels of what we saw yesterday um and what happened with chris Froome in the last just in 300 meters to lose that amount of time i suspected and i said it yesterday that i thought he just had a, uh, in Italian, it's a crisi di fame. It's a crisis of hunger. He, he ran out of fuel. Mm -hmm. And uh, from what I hear from people over there, that is, in fact, what happened. He looked, well, I shouldn't say he looked better today because he never really looks that good. <laughs> no. It's very you can't hard tell to tell if he's hurting. In fact, today I thought, you know what? I, I think he's got a real problem here. And then I look away and I look back and he's attacking. And he's at the front, and, and guys are getting dropped. And so I'm like, okay. Do I'm, you ever I, recall a rider like that when, when you can't tell if they're hurting? Because he, he just has this, for those listening that haven't seen that closely, Froome has this sort of sloppy form that looks like he's hurting, where a lot of riders, you can just see in their face. They look fresh. Their yep. legs are quick. They're just pouncing, right? right? No, he, he's very unorthodox, so to speak, <laughs> or uh, but... Hey, it works to his advantage, whatever it, and it could work to his advantage because you can't ever get a read on him. And I think that's a good thing for, for him when it comes to, uh, how his rivals are trying to, and I mean, I know I always, you can always kind of look at a guy and is he, is he, I mean, it's, it could mean nothing, but is he sweating more than normal? Is, are his shorts or his Jersey covered in salt? We see that a lot. Mm -hmm. And I thought this guy's. This guy's on the limit. Is he starting? To, is he standing up? It's just, you know their styles so well that you know when they're out of it. Or, or their heels coming up on the pedals. Well, or what, you know. The little thing. But he doesn't. His, you know, very hard to read. Do uh, riders often, from your recollection, fake it a little bit to so that their opponents might think they're in trouble? I mean, I'm sure they do. Uh, you know, I, I, I did that once, you know, and it's sort of once you – but I did it when I did it in 2001. I, I took it to such an extreme that I could never do it again because it was it was such an extreme and it worked perfectly. Uh, but once you really rope a dope like that, <laughs> you never get to rope a dope ever again. They they yeah. just call BS on you. At a certain point, since we jumped right into uh, Froome and all that, we'll come back to the penalties from yesterday because yeah, I got, think that's going to get you pretty hot. So let's save that for. Let's talk more about what happened today. But also, when we talk, just so you, I don't forget, JB, when we talk about the penalty from yesterday and the and the inconsistency in it, we got to talk about drinking after a stranger. We want to talk about that. Okay. All right. Let's I'm talk about jot that, that down. Yeah. Well, well, one of the most interesting things that that I saw happen today that I really need your help explaining, and I don't know if you can, but you're the best person to ask, and you happen to be sitting here. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So we have, Froome has now lost yellow to Aru, and he, uh, and it's tight. And yesterday we saw Landa, who looked fresh at the summit finish and could have pounced and won. Right. We talked about that, and you were like, yep. no, 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 you don't do that. It's the team effort. And then there was um, a little bit of squabbling 
that we saw some TV coverage of Landa and the Sky Team. The director, Nicholas Portal. Yeah, outside mm -hmm. their bus. And then we see Landa going with Contador on the break today. So to the average fan, we're like, tactically, we're trying to understand what's going on. Yep. Have, have they, has Landa decided not to help Froome anymore? Is he going for his own personal gain? Is it tactically better to have two people yep. in contention? Well, well, let me back, because we missed, the, the, you missed some, some very basic things that I just want to bring you up to speed okay. on. N number one, and we, you see it every Tour de France, a team, typically and traditionally, a team will not take a rider to the Tour de France if they are leaving the team to go to another team the next year. And most of the time, they won't take them unless they commit to stay with that team for the next year. So if, if there's any, any doubt, certainly if they're leaving, they don't take them. If there's any doubt or if they're saying, well, let me see how my Tour de France, then they, chances are they still don't take them. Mikel Landa is leaving Team Sky. He's signed with Movistar. It's done and dusted. He's leaving the team. The fact that you would take that guy to the Tour de France, and I'm, I'm not passing judgment on him, but he, uh, he's leaving the team. You don't know where their allegiance is. Well, you, you don't know, and, and um, well, you start to see a little bit yesterday, but uh, you know that's, that's a significant uh, bit of news that that if you watch the coverage they allude to you know in cycling technically transfers and new signings are not allowed to be announced until august 1st we're not playing in that game mm -hmm. we're just going to say it the way it is he's leaving the team and so if i'm chris Froome and you're on a team sky he's got six guys that are going to be on the team next year and the year after and are his guys and are loyal and are strong and can do that job. Those are my picks mm -hmm. to come ride around France for three weeks. So you're surprised to even put him on this selection. Well, he doesn't make the selection. Yeah. Dave Brailsford. But he, he has a lot of influence. You would, yeah, but, um, but I, you would think. Mm -hmm. he, you, you would think. The other interesting thing is when you see what happened yesterday and you see – as soon as Landa, Nico Landa, gets back to the bus, guess who's standing there? Nicholas Portal, the director of the team. And it, 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 there's, not, there's no hugs. There's no high fives. There's no celebration. It's straight up in his grill. Mm -hmm. Going, what was that? Mm -hmm. And then fast forward, which is probably smart of them to do, damage control uh, release or statement released by both Portal and Landa just singing kumbaya which if you buy that i got a bridge i'll sell you in san francisco for <laughs> like a dollar so there's there is drama there fast forward to today contador goes up the road guess who's right with him miko landa right and initially he sits on not working and then then starts to work with contador and 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 they weren't messing around i mean they, no, they were, were putting a significant gap yeah. in they were, they were stepping on the pedals, and then, of course, two comes behind a group of three with Nero Quintana and uh, Bargill, the eventual stage winner, and Kwiatkowski, another sky rider. Now, what you saw is though that group come together, or before they came together, Kwiatkowski, you see him on the radio, TV called it as if he was suffering and getting dropped. Clearly, the team said, you have to come back and be with Froome, which is what they should have done, perfect mm -hmm. tactics. Mm -hmm. um, 
So, you know, he had a guy with him, but up the road, you know, that group is, is not coming back to the yellow jersey group. So th there's, I'd love to be a fly on the wall in, in, in the bus around the dinner table. You know, these settings that these guys sit in, I mean, they're sitting at a, a nine top together. They're not with their family having dinner or with mm -hmm. their buddies having dinner. They're all at the dinner table. And right now they're all sitting in the bus driving to the hotel as, as close as you and I are sitting. There's, to me, there's, there's, some, there's some tension there, and it's made even more intense by the fact that he is leaving the team. Let's not, let's not speculate anymore. Well, there's history. You know, there's, there's been many times throughout history where two teammates – fell out during the tour and both wanted to win. Yep. This is not, this is not, if that's what's happening. It's happened on this team. It happened. I mean, when I, when I came back in 2009 and raced on Astana with Contador, mm -hmm. it happened there. I mean, I can right. It happened. I mean, that the so, tension at the dinner table that I just alluded to, I know it. So I mean, the, the, the tension in the bus, you can't believe it. It's not, it's, it's not good. Yeah. How is that handled? I mean, do you talk to your director? Your manager, or, or do the guys just? Is it literally what the hell? Are you, what the it, blank are you doing? Yeah, I mean, it just look. That team is is again. I'm not. We're not. None of us are there. But I can imagine that at that dinner table, most, if not all, of those guys know who the boss is, and they know who the leader is. It's it, it becomes trickier when you have half the table that wants one guy, and the other half wants another guy. But they're all aligned. They're yeah. just maybe one renegade. Yeah. No, that Chris Froome is their man. Okay. Hmm. Or as Jen says, Chris Froma. <laughs> now, is it true on Bastille Day that all the French riders got to start on the second climb? They did. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> we de and that that is not. I, I'll give it to ASO. And I, th I thought about this today because we we saw all this discussion about, and we'll get into it later. But all this discussion about the penalization of these riders yesterday. So then there's talk of well, we saw it with Sagan and Cavendish, the UCI. And I think it's for us. We throw out things like you know, UCI, ASO. People are like. What I don't know what, yeah, exactly. we don't understand how so that I think governs it, I it. think we ought to take a second and just give a little brief description of all those. The UCI is the Union Ciclista Internacional. That's, that's the governing body. That's the NFL of this game. And they are you know, part of the IOC, which is the International Olympic Committee. They govern the sport. So whether it's rules, uh, um, the categories of races, anti-doping all of these things is under their you know jurisdiction jurisdiction aso like when we think of the race you most people think of tdf the tour de france the owner of the tour de france and you, you hear me refer to aso a lot is the armory sports organization an old french family the armory family a m a u r y they own this event amongst many many other things they also own l'equipe the race paper or the leading sports daily in France. They own Perry Dakar. They own uh, the Paris Marathon. They, they own a lot of sporting events, the Tour de France being their biggest one. So when you refer to ASO, that's, that's who that is. They own the TDF. The UCI is the governing body. Got it. Got it. So let's go with the penalties that went down yesterday, mm -hmm. which is really interesting to break down. 
here's what happened. The let's see, it was it was Bennett, Aru, and Yoren. Rigoberto Yoren, the Colombian. Who took a water bottle. Right. We have one Frenchman in Bardet. You have Yoran, a Colombian, and, and George Bennett, a Kiwi. And in, in within Not an Australian. They they took they took water bottles near the summit finish. So the interesting thing, so so uh, you know, and again, this this goes to the rules of the sport, and we we can all it, it it's very frustrating, and and again, I have to hedge my position a little bit because you know sometimes uh, you know, me speaking about consistency in this sport might sound funny to some, but we've seen it. We've seen inconsistency. You've seen it in the last 10 days. You saw it, Sagan and Cavendish, and then Buhani with the punch and the quack in the, in the sprint. That's an inconsistent ruling. So then yesterday, uh, Rigoberto Uran takes a water bottle. So you're not allowed to take bottles within the last you know, X amount of kilometers before the finish, which, by the way, is stupid. Yeah. Right. Who cares? Give them water. Yeah, right. I mean. Guys, you're doing the hardest sporting event in the world, and you can't drink at the end. How you feel now? <laughs> right. Anyways, he takes – it's the rule today. I suspect it'll change because of this. He takes a bottle from somebody on the side of the road uh, who was not a team uh, staff member but did work for – apparently worked for Cannondale, France. Okay. So they see – and they see it all. We see everything with the cameras and the helicopter shots. So they penalize him. Now, the interesting thing is that later on, George Bennett and Roman Bardet take a water bottle from a spectator. Which is crazy in itself. We're going to get to that. Because <laughs> it's, a, it's a real problem. Right. I mean... I've seen them take I, it and dump and it on their, the, their that's backs. That's fine. I'm not talking about cooties, although we can talk about cooties. <laughs> I'm talking about... I mean, people can put some shit in there. Yeah. I mean, well, they, I guess they could they, put anything in there. Right. They could put vodka in there right they could put piss in there they could put you could put anything in there poison i don't know you could, they could put, it could be a combo of vodka piss could, which is my favorite people often ask <laughs> who's jb i mean that he's a freak I, I, we didn't know this about him but um so anyways before we get to the cooties uh they both take the bottle from the same spectator only one of them gets penalized, and that's the Kiwi, George Bennett. Who was livid yesterday. Right. Bardet, the great French hope, who they want to win the tour, does not get penalized. And I mean, by how that happens. By the way, correct me if I'm wrong, the penalty was 20 seconds added to your total time. Which 20 seconds added to your total lot. time for any of those guys. You have three guys in the top 10, two in the top five, or two in the top four. That is a huge amount of time. Look how close this Tour de France is. Mm -hmm. 20 seconds? Mm-hmm. So they penalize him. Everybody goes, wait a minute. We see on the, on, the, on the footage that Bardet took the bottle as well. WTF. And then their next answer was, nope, we're sticking to it. Which this, at the end, they just look dumber and dumber. And then finally they cave and they say, okay, no penalty. It's like, what? I don't get it. And again, I mean, I do get it. Well, it, it goes back to the inconsistency, the inconsistency of uh, Sagan getting kicked out of the tour, Bahani blatantly throwing punches and does not get kicked Higgs, out. how close was it to the finish This when this alleged, or when the, not alleged, when they took the bottles? 
It's close. Yeah, I mean. You got to be pretty thirsty and in dire need right. to take a bottle from a fan. Yeah, I, I think you got, that's exactly right. So then that gets to really, if I was talking to a young rider, you just have to be so careful. I mean, if you know the person, I would drink it. If they give you a bottle that is unopened, I would drink it. If it's if you're that hot and it's a hot day and somebody hands you a bottle and it's open, the only place it can go is is over your head or down your back. Um, you cannot drink that water. There's no way. There's this day and age you just can't drink it. There's a pretty rich uh, history in that part of the world of poisoning leaders too. To I mean, it's happened. I mean, there's there's times that the people of uh, and I don't remember the exact example or name, but they've handed up. You know, straight, like, like we said, some strong alcohol that it, it, when your body is going through such an intense effort and you just jam down a big old gulp of, I mean, it's, it's, it's devastating. So don't drink that water, kids. Well, and you've mentioned it before, you know, when I think we were talking about etiquette and it was to share this or that. And you're like, when you're in the tour, you're, you're at your limit. Your body is vulnerable. You don't want to be drinking after anybody at any point in that three weeks. You, I mean, you said it, that again it, and it's, again. It's easy to say, but I mean, then it, I mean, yeah. Generally speaking, of course not. But I guess if you're that parched, you're hurt. I mean, we've all been in a position that, that, that people that write a lot or do a bunch of. I mean, where you you're just, you know, you drink almost anything, but you know, it, ideally, you just no. I don't. I don't think it's a good idea. It goes, but the, but the real problem is is this governing body, and particularly this jury of commissars, this jury of judges. We talked about this earlier in the tour, how they get selected and who they are. I mean, come on, what, what did they expect? Did they not expect that we were all going to see that? <laughs> right. I mean, who sits around and is like, dude? Well, earlier in the tour on a. Uh, summit finish breakaway uh, or climb they had a neutral moto there with waters right where was that was it because we're inside too a certain close, climb too close. Yeah, that, that, too close. That, that. and that's what you think we might see a change on well hopefully yeah i mean i think you should yeah i think you should probably just let them I, why not it's an old rule this is a, we, we you know we know this is a traditional sport this is one of the traditional rules that um that probably could and should change but also too, look at today a very untraditional route i mean today was a, an amazing day of racing it was the first or it was the shortest day since 1996 the tour that i did shows you how old i am but that stage was only short because they they couldn't we had a uh, rain or a snow shortened stage um and and we talked about it you know this was going to be full of action. 100K, these guys wake up in the morning going, I can do this. <laughs> Thomas, I'm, sure enough, flag goes down. There goes Thomas Buckler. He's thinking, even I can do this. It's that short, and it's explosive. I loved it. I mean, as a fan, whew. Okay. I, they were, I was a little bummed because there were times I couldn't, I couldn't understand what was going on. And I, even as I sit here right now, the final 20, 30K, I, I – I think in particular, you're talking about the yellow Jersey group. Mm -hmm. They were just n not working together, scrambling, staring at each other. That was mind boggling to you. Yeah. Well, what's, well, a couple things stand out. The fact that, that 
Fabio Aru, he basically has no team. And, it, and at one point on the final climb, you saw a team completely unassociated with him, U, UAE, uh, sends two riders to the front and are setting tempo. That's friends and allies you've been that's, talking about, right? Yeah. And we, we had to look it up. We couldn't figure out if, if the currencies between the Kazakh team and the UAE team, we couldn't figure it out if it was Tinge, which is the currency in Kazakhstan, or the Dirham, which is the currency in the UAE. We don't know how that worked out, but... <laughs> a deal was made. A deal was made of support it doesn't for Aru. I, I mean, we don't know what, what deal was made. I mean, it, we, these alliances and deals... It could be a favor later. We've talked. Well, you about have to. What well, you're probably you were sitting there looking at it and going, "Well, what's their interest to go and pull for Aru?" There, I can tell you what, the, what I can tell you what they're going to say, right? They have Louis Minkus, who's top ten. So, and it is potentially legit that that you are protecting your riders' eighth or ninth place position. That's what they would say. Mm-hmm. So, but the that that really isn't the headline. The headline is is uh, first of all, Aru does not have a team. Secondly. Jacob Fuglesong, who, uh, damn, we said yesterday he dropped out. He didn't. He started today with two broken bones in his left arm. Is a damn hero for even trying. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know that I'd want to ride behind him when he can't pull the brakes, but he tried and ended up abandoning uh, today for sure. So he, he doesn't have a team. So you get to the end, and what I watched as I sit here and think about it now is you just have a lot of it was, there was a lot of bluffing going on. For the life of me, I can't figure out why those eight or nine guys just didn't look at all each other and say, listen, the race is kind of getting away from us. Mm-hmm. I know that you're not, but we have, to, we have to form an alliance here and we all have to work. Let's just all turn. Because I can tell you what, the four guys in the front, they were turning. Well, if you look back over the last several years and in the tour up until yesterday, Sky was in charge. <laughs> you know, there was a group to take that matter into hands. Right. And I mean, as a Rue, as a Rue, as the yellow Jersey wearer trying to rally that, is he lobbying? He's is he not. campaigning? If anybody, it was Chris Froome. I mean, he was the one from what I could tell, he was the one who was trying to get things, but they just didn't. And then they were attacking each other. And, and, but net, net, Aru had, I mean, it was, they referred to it on the Aussie feed. I mean, it's Bastille day. But it was Christmas for him. He had a whole lot of presents under the tree. I mean, he he didn't even have to work. Amazing. Okay. Now, uh, let's talk uh, your overall thoughts on GC contenders, where you see it, wh- you know, what you're thinking, and then let's look at tomorrow. Here, this is, and, I'm, and I mean, this, I mean, look, we have five, well, now, now that Miko Landa is, is just over a minute behind, you have five guys basically within a minute. I don't care if it's the Tour de France or the or the or the Tour de Pharmacy. Five guys within a minute—that's anybody's bike race. Six guys within a minute. We don't and a half. we don't see that very often by no, stage the, thirteen. No, it's in this race. Well is, sorted. You know, there's there's a few days where there'll be selection. This is anybody's bike race. I mean, Rigoberto Uran can win this bike race. Yet you start to try to look at the future stages and you try to project. Okay, well. The Telegraph and the Galibri are hard, they're long, they're high. The Ezoard's steep, and it's a summit finish. And then the time trial, you, you try to play it out, but anybody can win. I still think Chris Froome is the favorite, but I, I think they're all in their directors. 
are sitting with them tonight going, you can win this bike race. And you've said it yesterday, and it sort of validated with some people there communicating with you um, that Froome just had a bad day. He miscalculated on on food. Yep. I mean, obviously, what he, he showed, we would have seen today, but I think today he showed what I suspected yesterday and I think was confirmed from uh, what I heard that he, I mean, he just had a, he had a, he bonked. We call it a bonk, right? And he, to lose that much time in such a sh short amount of time is not like him. And you, you saw him, you would have seen it today if he was, but he looked, he looked, uh, he looked strong. Okay. So, what are yeah. your thoughts on tomorrow? So tomorrow is, is, a, uh, is, you know, it's interesting. It's, I guess I should look how long it is. I know this finish. I went over a couple years ago and rode with Jeff Thomas and his crew uh, for, um, for this big charity cancer effort called The Day Ahead. And uh, actually, those guys are out there. <laughs> As if it wasn't hard enough for these sort of uh, recreational cyclists to ride the, the entire Tour de France. Well, you know what these lunatics thought of now? They, they, they're going to ride all three Grand Tours. Oh gosh, dude! <laughs> I guess they retire. I guess they're like come from trust funds or something. They got to work three months. I'm out. But um, I went over and rode with them a couple years ago. So this particular finish into Rodez uh, was in the tour in 2015. So we rode it. Very steep. Um, what is? It? I mean, it's in the last 600 meters is almost 10 percent average. Very steep finish. So for the GC guys, you have to be up there and stay out of trouble. There will be gaps be big gaps um not that they'll get gapped off but if you if you don't have position you're going to get stuck behind some guys and stress them um it's not obviously it's not a stage for a marcel kittle or any of the sprinters uh greg von avermont won this stage in 2015 he will win tomorrow and it's going to be interesting this is a name you haven't thrown out yet so far in this tour well no i haven't but uh there's there's two parts to this prediction the most important part when it comes to the overall is yet another Christmas gift for Fabio Aru. He's got no team to support this race. BMC having the tour, the crappy tour that they're having, they have to win a stage like this. So who's going to control the stage? I mean, Jim Okowitz is wrapping the Christmas present right now. They're going to deliver it all day tomorrow. Okay. And so he's going to win the stage. He won before. He beat Peter Sagan. Sagan could not come around him. It's a class. If Sagan is in this race... I think he's tough to beat tomorrow, but Greg Van Avermaet, who is the Olympic champion and, you know, the real deal, Holyfield, is going to win. But I think the big story is that Aru knows that, Astana knows that. They're all looking at those guys to go, hey, you got to carry the race today. Okay. You want to take some quick comments and questions? Okay. Real quick. Uh, I just like to hear from people checking in. Um, let's see. Peter. I, I like it too, JB. Oh, good. Peter writes, listening from Melbourne, Australia, and loving it. Thanks. Uh, Christian, Never. checking in from Germany. What's up? Rockwell, uh, Rockwell Franson writes, you need the old lady chain to go with your readers. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. That's I, I, can't, I can't even say anything to that. <laughs> the old lady's croaky. I don't know what that is. So James writes, who is your pick for the Bohani Mayweather fight? <laughs> how about how about this? This this shit. Uh 
you know, this Mayweather-McGregor thing, and we talked about it earlier in the tour when we had Todd DeBuff in the, in the Airstream studio up in Aspen. I mean, Floyd, Floyd Mayweather's made $700 million his entire career, and he, he just gets a tax bill, and he asked for payment terms. What? Wow. Dude. But I pick uh, I'd take Mayweather. I think he's a I think he's a better boxer. I don't think Buhani has the chin. I think uh, and I by the way, the, well, I don't know. I don't know how tough he really is or not. All right. Max Mutter writes, loving the podcast. If I remember correctly, Lance wore the green jersey for one day. That's a that's a good memory. I believe it was the prologue in two thousand four or five. I'm really curious, did you save that jersey? Or did it go right into the trash? No, no, no. I saved it. Why is my yeah. where's my email from that I wanted to read? But oh, we'll get to that. No, I so I did. I got second. It's a, and whoever's question that was a great question. I think it was in two thousand. I got second in the prologue, and uh, the tour, being you know the the commercial whores that they are, sell these sponsorships for the green jersey, the yellow jersey, the polka dot jersey. They want riders in that jersey so they can represent, and I'm not faulting them for being commercial horse, but they want that jersey represented. So the person who gets second wears, at least that year, wore the green jersey. So David Miller wore the yellow jersey, and I started in the green jersey. I didn't remember that. Mm. That's pretty cool. Well, cool. That wraps it up for today. Let me uh, what get about, some, What about our wait, email from oh, Sam, yeah. from the, my, my, my buddy uh, Sam Petrican from the Associated Press in France? I love you were going to mm. read it. Sam, my buddy, who's, who, who normally emails me about music, he loves music, so we always rap about music, but uh, um, he says, oh, I've been listening to the podcast, love it. he's like, by the way, who's JB? <laughs> Why is this guy on here? <laughs> yeah, who's this dude? And by the way, too, part two, Johan Bernil is, is really pissed, because he's... He, he the original would, JB? He's the real JB. Yeah. Sorry, Johan. <laughs> he would point that out to me every time I'd see him, when you, when you guys huh? would... Yeah, like I said, 2004. No, not in, also in 2000, right? Oh, twice. I wore green twice. Dang. 2004, I lost to uh, Conchalara in the prologue in Liege. Okay. We don't have a really good answer to who I am. I'm just the dude that got the call to come do this. <laughs> That's pretty much. JB was, was, uh, our, was a radio DJ, morning DJ here in Austin for, what, 20, 30 years? <laughs> 21 years 21 years and we got to be buddies and did a bunch of work with live strong and these guys him and his old sidekick sandy started um a really cool effort here in austin called bikes for kids which to mm -hmm. me was the the coolest thing you ever did and and what i know you for the most and how many bikes did y'all give away in the course of that whole program um and I, when i say giveaway i mean give a bike to a kid yeah we we would give them uh, our listeners would nominate families, and uh, we gave away nearly a thousand a year for eighteen years. Wait, so eighteen thousand yeah, bikes? Yeah, roughly eighteen thousand bikes, helmets, and locks to to kids. So, Sam, I don't know if you need any more than that, but <laughs> I don't know anybody else that's given away eighteen thousand bikes. Yeah, it was it was a couple million bucks worth of of bikes and gear over the course of that time, which was pretty cool. And, and it became what we were known for. And we, I, we started that charity about the same time you were starting your foundation and doing your first Ride for the Roses, mm. which was the first time I ever got on a bike. 
and, and slugged through the 25 miler and thought I was a rock star. Yep. Here we are. <laughs> here we are. Thanks for tuning in. Exciting day. Anybody's bike race. I mean, that's what people want, right? This is good. They want, they want, they want an open race and you're, you're going to get an open Yeah. Race. Middle of the, the race yesterday, we were, you know, thought this was just incredibly boring. It fired up in the last 1K yeah. yesterday, yeah. and now look at this. Yep. Anybody's bike race. Greg Van Avermaet tomorrow. Take it to Vegas. Mm-hmm.